Welcome to Touchpoint, a podcast dedicated to discussions on digital marketing and patient engagement strategies for hospitals, health systems, and physician practices. In this podcast, we'll dive deep into digital tools, solutions, and strategies that are impacting our industry today. We hope to share a lot of great information with you and have fun along the way. Thanks for joining us. Now, here are your hosts. Welcome, one and all, to the end of year awards for 2021, better known as episode 256. Happy early new year, I guess we could say, because we are we are actually recording this in between the week of Christmas and New Year's. We are. I feel like we should talk about weather. We do that a lot. Uh, it's hot here for uh, Christmas, but it is. It's the week between. I hope everybody had a great Christmas. I uh, hope everybody either is about to have or just had a, a great new year, depending on when you're listening to this. But we certainly appreciate, nonetheless, that you are listening. Um, this is a fun show for us. We do it at the end of each year, and we do it because everybody listens. Uh, we actually have things to talk about, which we'll get into here in a few minutes. But I do want to give a quick plug for the website, touchpoint.health, and all the other shows on the network. Hopefully, you had a chance to listen last week, where we highlighted some of our newer shows and, and a few snippets from those shows. So if you haven't, go check that out. Uh, you'll get a little preview, a little bit of taste of some of the other shows and show hosts and topics on the network. Again, if you'd like to go kind of dig around for yourself, touchpoint.health is the website. And uh, we're excited to uh, to get going for today. We're going to talk all kinds of awards, uh, which all of you, our listeners, had a chance to weigh in on. I'll tell you what, let's, let's pause here real quick. We'll come back and uh, jump right in. Chris, in today's digital age, your online reputation, as we all know, is crucial. With customers relying on online reviews, your first impression is also compared directly with your competitors. Sure is. And read, consider this, 86% of patients today read online reviews and 73% demand that that healthcare provider has a minimum four-star rating. Demand. They demand it. Yeah, they do. Well, to stand out, choose reputation to help amplify your brand and to build trust. Be the provider of choice in your area, understand patient sentiment, get actionable insights, and even foster patient loyalty. And look, here's the easy way you could do that. All you need to do is go visit reputation.com slash touchpoint. That's reputation.com slash touchpoint, where you can download their healthcare online reputation management guide and build a reputation that performs for you. Okay, Reed, we're kicking it off like we kick off most of our shows to talk about best cold open. You know, cold open is that part at the beginning of the show where we actually give you an opportunity, Reed, to show off your comedic expertise. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. If I was any better at it, I could retire, I guess. But, you know, millions of comedians out of work and, you know, we're going to start our show trying to be funny. But, you know, there are funny things that happen both through, you know, the things that we do in our industry or just general social commentary. Looking back at 2021, I saw a tweet the other day that says 2021 proves that time doesn't only fly when we're having fun, which kind of implies that 2021 was a bit of a tough year. I would mm -hmm. kind of agree with that. It was one that we weren't expecting. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and I also saw something about the fact that 2022 is pronounced 2020 
too, like T-O-O, like as in also. Not to put too much of a downer on it, but any kind of levity that we could bring to the the conversation uh, makes sense. And, you know, this last year, looking over our kind of comedic cold opens, I noticed a trend, Reed, that we talked a lot about food mashups, Kentucky Fried Chicken fireplace logs and fast food companies merging with other types of companies to try to do these weird mashups, so to speak. It's It's been an interesting food year, hasn't it? Seems to always involve Mountain Dew or possibly Doritos. I don't know why that is. <laughs> In the show notes, we're going to link to an article that uh, was just recently published that talks about like some of the most outrageous foods of 2021. And surprisingly, we missed a couple of them, Reed. Uh-oh. So like Fruit Loop cereal straws, for example. Why do you have to eat your cereal out of a bowl using a spoon when your cereal could instead be made into an edible straw? That is such a great opportunity. Plus, think of the positive environmental impacts because you can eat your straw after you use it. Better hurry or it's just going to fall apart. And then you're you know back to just drinking it out of the bowl, I guess. And we did talk about the Kraft Candy Macaroni and Cheese, if you recall, back around Valentine's. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I miss Jenny's ice cream doing an everything bagel flavored ice cream. I don't know what that would be. That seems weird. Bagel flavored ice cream? Not only bagel, everything bagel flavored ice cream, along with cream cheese. So garlic, the seeds, mm. and cream cheese. Doesn't that sound delicious? <laughs> yeah, that's what I want for dessert is garlic. <laughs> The important part of this is is that you got to have a positive sense of humor when you think about things, regardless if you're eating fast food that's mashed up in a weird, strange way, or if you're just experiencing life. There's a little bit of joy and happiness. So I think that this year, as an award, our best cold open this year is going to be when we talked about Pepsi and Peeps. Do you recall this around mm. Easter? We talked about Peeps-flavored Pepsi. I do remember this. I wasn't sure if this was going to have something to do with bacon. That seems to be the go-to. So <laughs> if, uh, when all this fails, you just add bacon to it. But yeah, hopefully this is something that uh, doesn't catch on. All right. So once we get through the opening, we like to thank our listeners, right? So let's we'll take a minute here and talk a little bit about where people actually listen from. And I don't mean like where they are, like in a car or working out or something like that, but like physically where they live. As you would imagine, the vast majority of the folks that listen to our show are in the United States. Canada is third. Second is Finland. Huh. We're huge in Finland. I guess all the reindeer up there really love listening into our shows. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The big countries outside the United States, Finland, Canada, India, Portugal, Germany, Algeria, I don't, maybe that was a, are they big with peeps over there? I'm not sure. Uh, <laughs> Sweden, Spain, and New Zealand. So anyway, so there, there's the countries. Again, vast majority being the United States. Okay. Now, once you drill into the United States, it's logical to think that you know, our listeners come from densely populated slash large states. And so I don't know that, you know, there's a lot of change here over the years, but of course we have somebody that listens in every state. Down at the bottom of the list here, we've got Montana, South Dakota, Hawaii, Delaware, you know, things like that. So let's scroll back up here to the top. We'll hit the top 10, maybe something like that. Okay. Illinois, Georgia, Massachusetts, Minnesota. So Chris, Minnesota 
is coming in, what would that be? One, two, three, four, five, six, like seventh place or so. Wow. I'm disappointed in my fellow Minnesotans. Come on, guys. Yeah. Pick up the pace there in the Midwest. <laughs> New York, New York State, uh, that is, followed by Tennessee. Then Florida. Florida, we've always been popular in Florida. Again, pretty densely populated state. California and number one, Texas. So it was not just me living living there that you know drove up the numbers of me listening all the time. So, or you just developed a really good local following. I'm I'm wondering where Tennessee kind of fits into all of this because you're starting to develop a local following there too. I think right. Yeah, m- must be. I guess I, I don't know. <laughs> I just spoof my IP address and just you know drive up numbers from different parts of the country. Typically, read throughout the year, we find ourselves in normal years to be out on the road a lot, go to conferences, record at conferences, that sort of thing. And so we had a category that's called the oddest place we recorded an episode to kind of address that. But 2021, we didn't go out and record in many different places, did we? No, I may even actually say that the oddest place that I didn't record an episode or I normally would have recorded an episode or something like that. But I think for the most part, uh, as most people uh, working from home or at least in a hybrid where you're, you're home, you know, two, three or you know, half time or something like that. We always seem to record when where we had the equipment and the microphones set up and all that, which I kind of have set up here at the house. I did record at the office up at Gerard. We had a nice studio, recorded a time or two there. But I would say that the oddest place that I would have normally recorded, and I didn't, was uh, my car. Because you had a couple of years where you did record from your car. I remember that. I, I'm not sure what that what that says about the state of 2021, but I was wondering if we could maybe modify and say the strangest interview that we were able to record this last year. And by strange, I don't mean the conversation was strange, just the circumstances in which we recorded it. I remember that as we entered into the pandemic, we had a series of interviews that were just kind of left kind of in our queue that we were going to run. And then the pandemic changed everything. We realized that we had to pivot to being a little bit more real time. And so one of the interviews that we recorded prior to the pandemic, we actually went back and uh, asked if they would be interested in maybe re-recording their interview, doing the interview all over again a year later in the middle of the pandemic. I think what we're going to do is going to reappropriate this award to the following. Andrew Matajewski of the Network Advertising Initiative, who back in February 24th, 2021, we were able to record a new interview with him about the state of digital advertising. One year to the day since we recorded the last interview. It's hard to do one year to the day just in general. Very cool. Related to that, Reed, there is also, we we decided to come up with uh, the best discussion of a particular topic that was top of mind to us this last year. And I think one of the things that was top of mind to us was working from home, right? It was. year before, it was the use and overuse of unprecedented. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so now we're going to talk about the work from home, or WFH, as people like to say. That's the new phrase for this year. 
that's a phrase that we're all still kind of living in, so to speak. It's a state of, of work now. And that whole conversation of working from home kind of led us down the topic of really talking about how digital tools and technologies are impacting the new kind of work from home environment in our hospitals and health systems. This, much like a lot of the other topics, will just become, you know, what the world is. It's just the new normal. And one of the episodes that we talked about was talking about the digital technology that has to change when you're in a work from home environment or a distributed workforce environment. So that leads to the best discussion about work from home, which is episode 229, Do You Really Need an Intranet? And that was from June 23rd of 2021. And we talked about the new types of internets that are needed and how now that everybody's working from home, they don't need to necessarily log in or they won't be necessarily logging in to their internet. And still a very real conversation that's going on. It's interesting to kind of think about what is needed on a day-to-day basis. Because really the internet is about accessibility. So like, how do you access this information? So speaking of episodes, we always like to give a rundown and talk about the episodes themselves, the most listened, the most popular, voted on by the listeners, ones we like, things like that. So we'll start with kind of a top 10 list of the most downloaded episodes for just Touchpoint the show. So we'll start with number 10 on the list, which is episode 209 from way back in February. The MarTech Stack of the Future, all three letter acronyms. I love that episode. Number nine, episode 229 from June. Do you really need an intranet? We just talked about that one. So that was actually one. It resonated, right? I mean, that was something that people downloaded and really connected with. Followed by episode 235 uh, back in August. What a long, strange trip it's been. Followed by episode 222 back in May, right around my birthday, contextualizing content to make your marketing work. Followed by episode 230, getting personal about personalization. That was a good one. That was from right at the end of June, so right in the middle of the summer. Now that's the lower five of the top 10. So now we're getting into award territory here, right? Yeah, we're getting getting close to the podium here. So uh, number five, they get the, uh, what is it? The white ribbon, maybe? Uh, episode <laughs> five. It's episode 205, uh, which was from January. So that may have been our first one of the year. I'm not sure how that fell exactly. We might've had one before that. I think that would have been the first one of the year. Making digital adoption sticky. Probably going to revisit, quite honestly. Then we've got episode 211 in fourth place, which I think, is that a yellow? I think that's a yellow ribbon, potentially. A new era of engagement from February the 17th. Wow. Now we get to the the medals, a bronze medal. Uh, episode 206 from January the 13th. A conversation about conversational marketing. That's a good one. Number two, the silver medal, 217, episode 217 from March the 31st, meeting the new digital consumer's expectations. And now we're here at the most downloaded, Yeah, right? most, most downloaded episode by a multiple, like by quite a, by, by like twice as much as the number two, uh, as episode 217. So this one really 
for whatever reason, whether it was the time of year, the topic, all of the above, it really, really hit people. And a lot of folks have listened uh, throughout the year. But it's episode 210 from February the 10th. Build versus buy was the right approach for healthcare. Interesting. That's a great topic. And that's one that's still resonant today. And that was with Bob O'Dell, who's president and COO of Cardiac Insight, was our interview in that episode. It goes back to some of the internet discussions we had a minute ago, you know, sort of, you know, buy versus build and what makes sense and, you know, how do we best connect with people. And This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. The most downloaded episode is actually closely related to the best episode because we do actually ask our listeners, we asked our listeners in the survey, what is their most favorite episode, which may or may not be related to the most downloaded episode. But Reed, before we get into learning what our visitors voted on as listener's choice, let's you and I revisit the episodes that we like the most from this past year. Mine actually uh, comes from a, a time we got to visit uh, again, about mid year, May the 26th is actually when this came out, but it's episode 225 rethinking our marketing strategy. And so we talked a lot about, you know, the benefits of a SWOT analysis and some of those types of things, but we, we were lucky enough to have Jackie Martin, who's been on the show a number of times, but is a, a consultant, works in healthcare, so she lives in Texas. And she's just so, you know, thoughtful in uh, kind of how she thinks about strategy and that strategic approach. We talked a lot about certainly the SWOT analysis, like I mentioned, we also had Greystone's state of digital marketing and healthcare report that we went through. Uh, we had some actionable tips that we hit, uh, some things like that. So that's the one that, that kind of jumps out to me that was uh, a lot of fun to do and, and very timely. So again, episode 225 back on May the 26th. Yeah, that was a really good episode. And Jackie is just so super smart and she shared some really great knowledge. Mine didn't surprisingly didn't show up in the top 10 downloads, but is one that really was near and dear to my heart. Episode 228. UX, PX, and EX, User Experience Design for Healthcare. And that was from June 16th of this year. This is where we really got into understanding the essentials, the five, what we call the five essential elements of experience design. Steve Koch, the co-founder of Cast and Hue, joined us. His organization, Cast and Hue, does a lot of different user experience design initiatives for hospitals and healthcare organizations. And he shared of how you can think about UX, PX, and even an employee experience as a, a continuous effort right across the spectrum. It was just a really interesting episode. So that's my favorite for the year. Well, we had a, a chance to also uh, ask the listeners, you all had a chance to weigh in on the little survey that we sent out. And it, it was interesting to see kind of what came back. It was actually a tie uh, for the most popular episode of the year. Both these episodes are in the top 10. So episode 206 and episode 209. So a conversation about conversational marketing and the MarTech stack of the future, all three-letter acronyms tied for the most popular from our listeners. 
these are great topics. And, you know, as I think about, as I'm hearing about all of these topics, Reed, it surprises me. We cover a wide variety of things going anywhere from conversational marketing to MarTech stack. That just shows you kind of the breadth of guest experts that we have on the show, breadth of topics that we talk about. If you are new to the show, go back and listen into our catalog, at least from this past year, because there's a variety of different things that you and I have talked about. So as we continue to talk about episodes, uh, another popular topic is, well, the one we didn't record. <laughs> last year, uh, we didn't ask anybody this, but last year, Chris, you and I kind of determined that you know something that we probably needed to cover, which we did, turned out to be very popular, that we did not record last year was about intranets, the internal communications you know, uh, side. So again, we, we talked about that a minute ago. This year, what did we not record that we should some of the general topics that I think about that are really hitting our organization right now is the effect of the great resignation and kind of a, the low staffing shortages and how we could be more efficient. That's one we really didn't really address. Another thing uh, starting to come up a lot is capacity marketing, you know, marketing just in time, so to speak, to deal mm-hmm. with like where our changes are, et cetera. That's a topic that I, I'm really thinking about next year that we really we should get in and record. But Reed, there is one topic that we haven't brought up this last year. It was surprisingly absent in the 52 episodes that we did this last year. It's going to win the award for the best episode topic we didn't record. And that is how to optimize the patient portal. Well, there you go. That's one we'll have to touch on. Uh, And I'm looking forward to finding out the answer to that. (laughs) so we talked a little bit about uh, the listeners where they're from the episodes they listen to now let's look at how they listen to the episodes what they listen to them on so we've talked about this before and it's just we've brought it up because it's kind of interesting it's probably not uh, hard to believe that most people listen to our podcast on an Apple device, an Apple product, or Apple podcast, the app, or a browser, potentially Chrome, Safari, things like that. And in years past, we've talked about things that have slipped onto this list of uh, the top 10 ways people listen to our show. They're a little bit unique. You know, uh, one, I think a couple of years ago, maybe we saw the uh, Apple Watch specifically pop up. Yeah. We made the assumption maybe that's, you know, people are working out or something like that uh, and listening, you know, while they're out jogging or, or whatever that may be. And I think last year, maybe we touched on the fact that Spotify and so kind of our first streaming service, it kind of popped up on the list, which that's still the case. Spotify is still here. The Apple Watch is still here. It's, va- you know, predominantly, you know, some sort of an Apple product or Apple, you know, like Apple podcast or something like that, that people are listening. The browsers before that I mentioned are on here, but Chris, we've had something pop up on the list that uh, I think is a little interesting that I was, uh, I was surprised. 913 times this year, 913. So that's not insignificant, but I mean, it's not like a crazy amount. But 913 times this year, people listen to our show on Amazon Alexa. Wow. So they just ask Alexa to play the Touchpoint podcast. I guess so. Sorry if we just made your device go off. but No, actually, maybe that leads to the number, right? Maybe we'll get a few more downloads <laughs> or listens. But yeah, we just keep saying it over and over again. 
But that just goes to show you, right, that the thing about podcasting and the thing that you and I have conscious of is that there are many different ways that people like to listen to our podcast. And so you could just ask your Alexa device or you can ask your ask your Google device to play our podcast from whatever streaming service you want, and it will. So that's awesome. That's awesome. Maybe next year our refrigerators will start playing our podcast and other smart appliances. That's right. We always do a fun question read in our survey. We used to ask, like, who is smarter, you or me? But that was a little personal. And even though I won it every year, I still felt really bad for you not being smarter. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) So we decided to shift our fun question in our listener survey this year to a different one. We did. Same but different. But yes, it's uh, if you were to be stranded on a desert island with one of us, who would it be? And your option was uh, you, me, or literally anyone else. And as you might imagine, the literally anyone else uh, question won out or answer <laughs> won out. So. You know, if I were to answer that question honestly, Reed, I would say you because you're much more handier than I am. You'd be able to like make a raft or, you know, a hut or something like that out of the the equipment. I would just sit around trying to figure out, you know, how to get internet connection. (laughs) I will say we can both take pride in the fact that we tied for second. So there you go. There you go. But still, again, everyone listening in, you should pick Reed. If you're ever stuck on a desert island. (laughs) (laughs) Now we're getting to one of our most coveted awards, Reed, which is the best guest expert. This is a hard one each year because, again, you and I will talk about a couple of our favorites that, you know, it's maybe not the best guest expert necessarily, but a couple of our favorite interviews. And then we'll we'll tell you kind of what you guys all thought was maybe one of the best interviews or best guests to have on. I actually went with one that, that matter of fact, was just a couple of weeks ago, uh, but episode 254, Greg Matthews, a uh, longtime friend and supporter of the show and host on the network, host of uh, Data Point. But that was the show we talked about digital consumerism and the new way that we choose a provider. And so it was just a really fun conversation. Uh, Of course, it it helps, obviously, that I've known Greg for 10 years or something like that. And so the conversation is very easy and conversational, but just enjoyed talking with him. And it had been a while since I really uh, sat down and visited with him about what he was seeing in the work and the research that he's doing on the provider side. That was a lot of fun. That was the one that comes to mind uh, for me. Yeah, that was a really good interview. and and. He shared some really great in, in insights into what's happening with social media and how people are using that as a way to uh, select a provider. So go listen to that episode. On my end, the interview expert that I really enjoyed was with Justin Wartrell of Monocle back in episode 241. That episode was moving from personalization to individualization. That was the the title of it. What Justin, who works for Monocle, he shared some findings from their most recent study. And we got into a really good discussion about how personalization is a critical part of a health system's brand and how you can, as a health system, as you're building out your brand strategies, start to engage consumers in a way that really personalizes your brand to them and makes them feel less of an audience and more of a participant in your health system. But we asked our listeners, Reed. We did. And we had one that was overwhelmingly the favorite. 
This is, again, one of our top 10 episodes, but it's episode 206, a conversation about conversational marketing. The guest was Brian Gresh from Loyal Health. He is such a great conversationalist, and to to have a good conversation with him about conversational marketing just was a very natural, organic interview that we had. And what we're going to do is we're going to replay that interview for you now so you can get a good sense of how exciting it was so we'll give that a listen and then Reed and i will be back to give away the last award of the sh- of the year and close out our show i'm excited for today's ask the expert segment of the podcast because i'm talking to a dear friend of ours a good friend of the show. And Brian, I think that this is your third, fourth, fourth time maybe on the program today. Um, that's my friend, Brian Gresh. Welcome. Thank you, Chris. It's great to be back. I, yeah, is it? Wow, three or four? It's, it, I've lost track. It's, it's always fun to join. So thank you for having me. You know, there may be some people that may not have heard your voice before on the show. It may be new or maybe just want to learn and get an update on to what you're up to. So Brian, would you mind sharing a brief background? Yeah, sure. Um, currently, I'm the president of Loyal. Um, and Loyal, for those who, who don't know uh, about Loyal, we are a healthcare consumer experience platform company. And we really focus on conversational AI and tools that really help engage healthcare consumers and kind of take them down their, their journey when they're working with a health system. My background, um, before I joined Loyal, I spent about 20 years in the health system world, leading uh, digital marketing teams and um, really focusing on on the consumer experience of healthcare. I like the term uh, that you use there, conversational AI, because part of the topic we're going to talk about today is conversational in nature, conversational marketing, that is. But before we get to that topic, you may have seen Brian and I present about this I guess last summer, right at the uh, the on one of the virtual conferences that we had this summer at the forum. My first COVID conference. Yep, exactly. Your first COVID conference. It sounds like a children's book ready to be written. We started off in this uh, presentation where we we talked together, just talking about the concept of consumerism in healthcare and if there really are healthcare consumers. And what I loved about that uh, conversation is you you have a very strong opinion about it. Do you mind sharing that? Yeah, sure. I'm I'm never at a loss to share my opinion, Chris, as you know. Um, <laughs> but, you know, healthcare consumerism, I, I think it's a, a term that's been thrown around a lot. And we certainly at Loyal use it, right? We're, we focus on healthcare consumers. But it's, it's important to recognize that, in, in my opinion, my humble opinion, that healthcare consumers kind of, they kind of go in and out of being consumers um, when they're seeking healthcare services when they're engaging with their providers. And, and kind of what I mean by that is sometimes they're patients. And um, I think it's important for us, especially as marketers, to think about that because sometimes when we engage with that individual, depending on which part of their journey they're in, um, they may be more or less receptive to maybe some of our marketing messages or the engagement tools that we're using to connect with them. Um, so that's that's kind of how I think about consumerism as it relates to healthcare. Yeah, well, there's also other factors of, I guess, traditional consumerism that may also not be clearly mapped to the healthcare 
experience. And that is things like, for example, pricing. And I know this year, 2021, we have this you know big movement towards pricing transparency and shoppable services. But in the healthcare setting, does do you think price really matters? I, I think at this current moment, uh, it doesn't. Ultimately, all all things related to the pocketbook matter <laughs> to to yeah. consumers. Yeah. But but when it's in the healthcare space, you know, like it's just you don't get that price up front. And and I know that, you know, there are some health systems that are trying to be more transparent with their pricing. But even in those cases, like most of that's like the charge master or like these very kind of like, you know, general or, or pricing uh, lists. And, and we're not really giving people really granular or specific prices. So people really are making their choices based on that. And then in most cases, they're covered by their insurance. So they're really not even focused on the whole price. They're just focused on the piece they're responsible for. So it doesn't, I, I don't think it's as important currently as it should be or could be going forward. I, I think that we've, we've got to figure out a way to bring pricing into the conversation more and to make it actionable for, for a healthcare consumer. That also lays, leads into the other part of this whole consumeristic model, which is choice, right? I, I think that many healthcare consumers, while we like to think that we have this open choice, we're kind of constrained, too, by the insurance that, we're, that our employer offers or that we purchase ourselves. That restricts the ability for us to go through and make active free market choices. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, oh, I think it's totally fair. Um, you know, again, I, I think that there there are some healthcare services that you you know maybe you shop around for and you compare, but generally, I think people stick to their plan, they stick to their provider directory and who's in their network. Once they establish a provider relationship, you know, they they generally stay within that kind of ecosystem to to get care. So. So, you know, choice is kind of, I think it's, it's restrictive inside the, inside the healthcare consumer market. You know, one of the things that I myself, when I first got into healthcare marketing well over a decade ago, and uh, even over the last 10 years, I've been thinking about this. And I'm also hearing from people that are coming from other industries into the space. The traditional concept of marketing in other industries then doesn't really necessarily apply or maybe might not be a great fit for the healthcare marketing space. So what do you, what do you, what's your perspective on that? How does it impact the way healthcare marketing has to play itself out today? I would agree, you know, generally with that. We don't necessarily have the same kind of purchase path that under other industries have um, as it relates to the way they sell the consumers. Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, we mentioned like choice around, you know, related to plans and health systems. So there's, there, there's complications there. We, we don't have the same levers that we can pull. Like, you know, you can't give somebody a discount or a coupon on a service. Um, so, you know, there, there's a lot of those kind of basic tools that other industries can leverage that, that health systems or healthcare providers cannot cannot use. So I think that that naturally causes challenges on the marketing side. Does brand matter? I, I think that's a, you know, that's kind of provocative, right? Like, um, um, and, and you and I have kind of talked and riffed on this before, but I, I think brand matters in healthcare more like 
in terms of like reassuring um, healthcare consumers that the system or the provider they're working with is is a good one. Um, but I'm not sure it matters as much uh, when they're making a decision. Uh, again, that's a Brian opinion, but brand is really hard in healthcare uh, because again, you just don't have all of those same levers that you can pull to support it. Ultimately, is it is it as important as other industries? I mean, I mean what's your thoughts on that? Well, I, I, I tend to agree with you on that because it, it, at a certain point in time, the brand becomes very less important. That's why we talk a lot about when we talk about healthcare consumerism, we focus on things that are more like, you know, experience related or, you know, how convenient it is and how how easy it is to make appointments, like looking at, at the overall experience and less about how often we could put our healthcare brand in front of that, you know, patient along the way, right? Maybe brand and healthcare is the experience piece. Maybe it's, maybe brand is access. Maybe brand is convenience. And maybe brand is ultimately that relationship you have with your healthcare provider. All good things to ponder, Chris. <laughs> no, I, no, these are, these are great. But these, these concepts that we're talking about actually play really closely into the, the topic that we, we alluded to at the beginning of this interview, which is this concept of conversational marketing and how that, that utilizing conversational marketing may help in, in this particular challenge that we, we just outlined. How would you define what that is? I, I, this is an important one. So, um, you know, I think, I think on, on a, maybe on a technical or a transactional level, it's using things like live chat or chatbots um, or search to to allow people to, um, in a natural language way, query or ask questions um, about the services or the products that they're that they're interested in, and making it less about outbound or push marketing um, and more about allowing the customer to kind of lead that journey by engaging them in a, in a conversation. When I think of conversational marketing, that's, that's really how I'm, I think of it or define it. Yeah. And, you know, I, we've had on the show, we've talked about things like, you know, understanding your customer better. And we've talked about even trying to use previous experiences as a way to kind of guide the new experiences, so to speak. Right. And trying to understand that consumer intent conversational marketing actually allows you to directly understand consumer intent. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's, that's the key. Um, intent is what, is what it's all about. So, you know, on, in, in a lot of maybe past or traditional kind of marketing initiatives, you know, you kind of put out your message, your call to action, and um, you hope that someone arrives maybe on your landing page. Um, but you, you don't really 100% know what the intent of their visit is, right? Like you're, you're, you're kind of guessing, but if you have the ability to then actually engage with that person and let them tell you, now you've got a whole nother kind of layer of information to work with. And you can decide like, was my messaging successful? Um, do I need to tweak this? Can I learn something? Do, do, are they looking for something more? Can I expand my service offering? So there's, there's just a lot you can do when you start to understand the true intent of that of that user or customer. Now, when you're describing that to really let them tell you what their intent is, 
um, it might be good to use a, a, an example here, right? And and you and I both know, you know, we, we've chatbots is a great example of that, where they are given the opportunity to actually directly ask that question into like a technology device, a chatbot or or voice or whatever it might be, to say, I am looking for this. Isn't that like what, what we mean by capturing their intent? Yeah, I, I think on just kind of a basic level, yeah, it's it's they put in or they. They speak or either type in what we call an utterance, um, but it's essentially a question like, I need to make an appointment or um, I'm looking for a provider or how do I get there? All of those things tell you the intent of that user. And then with that, uh, a chatbot can can respond um, and, it can, and it can provide the information that person's looking for. And what's really cool about it is it can do that without a human having to be involved. So not only is it efficient, um, but there's, there's some resource savings there as well. So it's great. One thing that was interesting we were talking about last summer, and it probably is, remains true to even today when we're recording this interview, uh, over the last year with the pandemic hitting health systems across the country, you've seen some very uh, specific, unique, I would dare even say unprecedented expressions of using conversational marketing in, in hospitals and health systems, haven't you? Oh, it, absolutely. And so I, I don't think it's surprising to anyone that health systems have been overwhelmed <laughs> with people calling and having questions, you know, about COVID, about testing, about, you know, where they can get, um, where they can get help and where they can get treated. With that, there's an opportunity to, um, to try to engage people with other, other channels chatbot being one of them. And so we've been helping a lot of health systems across the the country do that, maybe to dispel a couple of myths. Um, uh, One, you know, people don't want to talk with chatbots. I I can tell you that it's absolutely not the case, especially when you see spikes in COVID cases, or, you know, most recently, as vaccine rollout has taken place. I mean, we're, we're seeing thousand percent plus increases in conversation volume around these types of queries. Um, People coming and saying, am I eligible? Where can I get a vaccine? Can you notify me when vaccines are ready? Those are all real questions and real things that people are are engaging with and asking our our chatbots. So we're seeing it. We're definitely seeing it across the board. Well, and so in those particular instances that you're describing, and let's maybe focus in on the vaccine uh, use case, because that's one that's relatively new. I think a lot of health systems are thinking about that. Oftentimes, we, we can predict what people are going to be asking. But can you help us understand, like in nuts and bolts, how you're using conversational AI as a way to maybe even respond to questions that are new that are, are maybe not exactly what we thought people were going to be asking. Yeah, I, I think maybe I would contrast it with like, say, a traditional FAQ page on a website. An FAQ is, you know, a stated question and then an answer. Um, but humans don't all ask the same question the same way. That's where AI and, and chatbots can can be really beneficial. So rather than trying to anticipate what the question might be or, or just stating the question the way you think it should be, you can let people ask the chatbot a, a wide variety of questions. We, what we do is we kind of 
we kind of pull those and categorize those those questions um, and match them up to different intents. And so as new questions come in, either the bot can say, wait, this looks like this type of question and, and it'll successfully map it to the intent. Or we capture that. Maybe the bot says, I'm sorry, I don't understand the question. But as those new questions come in, we can start to see trends um, and develop new dialogues and new ways to answer those questions. And I mean, I, I can tell you what was interesting is we saw questions about COVID as early as January of 2020. And, you know, it's hard to think back how long ago that was, but the, the COVID as a crisis really didn't start gaining traction till about March. But we saw those questions coming through the chatbot two months earlier. So we were like, and, and at that point, I mean, we had never heard of COVID-19. So we were like, what is this? Like, do we need to start thinking about this? And we would bring that that data back to our customers and say, hey, we're seeing these types of questions come in. How should we answer it? And you know, that led us to create new intents, new dialogues, and and new new features uh, to support to support the the health systems through this kind of pandemic and this this challenge. Right, and unlike you know the FAQ example that you had, typically FAQs they have a question and then an answer, and sometimes they may say here go here to learn more. The chatbot and the the whole conversational component of the the chat experience is leads them to engage with that right action. So chatbots can work in a couple different ways. There can be kind of more decision tree where you're leading somebody down a path based on, you know, a, a set of questions and answers, or it can be more open where, and that's where we use natural language processing where they can pretty much just ask open-ended questions and we can, we can kind of break those down and do what we call entity extraction and, um, and really figure out what it is they're they're looking for, and then serve them up the correct answer. And while we certainly use the chatbot to maybe give an answer and say, "Go here for more information," what we're doing, I'd say, more and more, we're answering the question directly in the dialogue. We're not sending them off to another place um, and keeping that person engaged and. You know, you can do that in a lot of different ways. You can kind of break up the dialogue into chunks. You can um, you can ask them follow up questions, but ultimately, it's all conversational, right? It's this it's kind of this back and forth, and people really respond to that. You know, I think that's the difference too. Is is it feels it feels better? Um, I think as a user than just looking at static content. It, it's amazing to me. I, I still get surprised at what people will type into a chatbot. And we're very transparent. I mean, it says this is a chatbot, right? But but people will will ask very personal questions or share very private information through chatbots sometimes that you're just kind of like, wow, I, I'm surprised they would do that. But again, they feel comfortable. They're looking for answers. And if and if the chatbot can answer their question, they'll they'll keep engaging. The more successful it is, the more they will engage, and the more they will continue that that conversation. Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's really a fascinating part of this, right? It, because you're using that natural language to engage with them, it makes it easier for them to continually 
utilize the the chatbot tools as a way to seek out more information and maybe even return over and over again. It's funny, Chris, if we go back to that question or that topic we were, we were discussing around brand, I mean, this literally gives voice to the brand, whether that's through a voice interface like an Alexa or or through a text interface like a chatbot or, or SMS, like it, it's literally can be an extension of the brand voice, but actually engaged with that user. So it's, I think it's very powerful. It not only enhance their experience, but, you know, hopefully drive towards that ever pressing desire of getting loyalty with your customer. When people feel comfortable, when they feel like they're being heard, they're going to be more likely to, to respond and to continue to engage. Our goal um, in, 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 this, in this product offering, it's, it's really around how do we help continue to extend the voice of, of that health system and, um, and continue to engage those users. Because if we bring it back, I mean, like at the end of the day, there's a business component to this as well, right? And health systems deal with, with, with leakage and canceled appointments and, and no-shows. And if we can re-engage those patients or those customers, that can really help contribute to the bottom line ultimately. So um, that, that's one of our, our goals as well. I know you don't like to do predictions. I know you don't like to look forward, but we won't hold you to it. What do you think? Is this, are, are these types of tools, are they going to be now just expected and integrated into digital experiences in the future? I'll answer it with a question. <laughs> Were we, our websites a fad? Oh, okay. <laughs> Conversational interfaces are only going to continue to grow, not only with adoption, but just in terms of functionality. Um, and I, I, so I have a couple other kind of predictions around this. There is a whole industry around content marketing. Um, and a lot of that is development of content for web pages and other digital channels. Um, I think there are going to become chatbot content experts that are going to really be experts in dialogue development. Um, how do you write content for conversational interfaces? Um, so I think that that's going to continue to develop. I mean, we have a whole team of people that are just dedicated to writing dialogues for bot interfaces. AI, the other thing is AI is getting better and better. You know, if you, if you compare chatbots even just five years ago to today, the technology is just leaps and bounds ahead and continues to improve. The questions we couldn't answer last week, we can answer this week. So my short answer is no, it's not fat. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that idea of having uh, you know people just focusing on developing the, those chatbot conversations. I, I bet you those that those people are very really good at, at text messaging too. I would imagine. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you know, and, and you know, we think about all of those different things. Like, how do we use emojis in conversations? I mean, do you use the same types of abbreviations and things that? A lot of people are using now in in text. Do you use that in a chatbot? Is that okay? I think those are things that are evolving. It's a new type of conversation and a new language. So a, a lot of that's still kind of you know TBD, but um, but 
but it's it's really exciting um, when you start thinking about it. And then voice, you know, we didn't talk a lot about voice, but when I talk about chatbots today, it's there's a lot of text and things, but voice is certainly uh, emerging, right? Um, with healthcare, it's still a little bit. It's it's going to be kind of slower than maybe some other industries, just because we have so many more privacy issues and things like that. But um, certainly, it's going to play a huge role. I I totally agree with you on that too. Boy, we that could be a whole nother conversation that we we can have, um, you know, around just around voice, etc. Because I, I really would like to explore that a little bit further again. That just means that you're committed to another another appearance on our show in the future. <laughs> I, I would love to come back and talk about voice. Maybe we can do it through through a chatbot interface or something. And Ooh, um, interesting, we'll we'll, <laughs> we'll have we'll have the technology convey the questions and answers back and forth to us or something. That would be a first for our podcast, <laughs> and I think I would really enjoy that. But um, Brian, before I let you go, um, many people want to know more where they can learn about you and and also what you do, what your company does, because I know you write about this on your blogs and things like that. What are ways that they can get a hold of you? I'm on Twitter. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. You can always track me down on our on our website at loyalhealth.com. And then I'm usually kind of creeping around most of the conferences and things like that. So you can always actually talk to me in person as well. But um, I always love to connect and and you know please feel free to reach out and uh, and and ask me anything you're interested in. Yeah, and we promise that if you do reach out to Brian directly, he won't have a chatbot respond first. Absolutely. It will be a real person, I promise. (laughs) Thanks again, Brian, for your time. I really appreciate the conversation. It was a lot of fun. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate it. Well, this is uh, this is a blast, like it always is, and it's good to hear Brian's voice again. You know, this is a typical time in the show that we we have the interview anyway. We'll thank him for coming on again. He, he didn't even know he was coming on, and he, he came on again. Uh, it's good to um, be able to close out the year looking back at all the uh, the fun times on the show, the success, what people, what, what you, the listeners, thought was was fun. And exciting and, you know, looking forward to 2022, which Chris, I, you know, we're rounding out year five uh, for those that uh, we maybe haven't said this in a while. I can't remember, but we started the show in February of 2017. So we're, we're closing in on the end of five and the start of year six. Uh, and so just mm-hmm. you know, super thankful for, you know, everybody and willingness to listen, tune in, all that kind of fun stuff. And so, you know, we typically end these shows talking about and, and making some recommendations. And so we thought we'd go back like we have on previous award shows and uh, talk about one that stands out in our minds from the year. Yeah, we've done a lot of different types of recommendations, read apps, books, TV shows, a variety of different things. But the one that jumps out at me, the one, the, the, my favorite recommendation that I made this last year was the one we did around Thanksgiving where I made a recommendation to... Go for a walk with your friends or your family. Get outside. Just get away from the computer screen. I think the more we can get away from our screen times, if it's warm in the winter like it is down there or below freezing like it is here in Minnesota, it doesn't matter. Bundle up. That's my favorite recommendation for the year, going for a walk. What's yours? Yeah, I do wish it was a little bit cooler down here. Like, I, you know, I'd prefer for it to be cold during Christmas. You know, once January the 2nd hits, I'm fine. It can warm back up. But Anyway, that's neither here nor there. It's unseasonably warm down here this year. I am going to recommend 
an app that I talked about a while back called uh, Life360. So this was uh, a really cool app and, and I have it on all my devices, kids, wife, that kind of thing. And at any point in time, I can see where they are. Um, and so this is helpful for me, not, not so much with the wife, but uh, with the kids going to church, going to school, coming and going on buses, you know, things like that. You know, I, I can kind of get a sense of, you know, where are they? When will they be home? You know, that kind of thing. There's some paid upgrades. I think I talked about this before. So if you want to be notified, you know, if you've got like a teen driver, for example, when they go over a certain speed, you can monitor some of those types of things. But it's just kind of nice. Quite honestly, it's nice for me to, to try to figure out where the kids are at any given time or get a quick notification that they made it to where they were headed. You know, if they're going to walk over to the school, for example, or something like that. So anyway, it's a cool app, Life360. Well, that's a great recommendation. And, you know, it doesn't only have to be kids that you're keeping track of. It could be your spouse or your loved one or family members. That's right. That's right. You know, anybody you want to keep tabs on. So it's, uh, you know, remember privacy is an illusion. So <laughs> it's a great year, regardless of privacy. It's been a great year. Lots of fun. I'm looking forward to next year as well. But looking back at 2021, uh, this has just been great. So thank you, Reed, for being a great co-host. Yeah, same to you. I, you know, this is uh, something that I'm continually surprised that we're able to come up with stuff to talk about on a weekly basis for now five years. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think that just speaks to our, our level of curiosity and wanting to continue to learn and grow, certainly, but also the industry ever evolving, changing, you know, things like that. So again, I've looked for a lot of those topics that are very timely right now about transparency and we'll continue to talk about the work from home and intranets and all that kind of fun stuff. Pa- you know, patient portal, obviously something we need to hit. But if you've got other ideas, topics, people we should talk to, uh, talk to again, talk to for the first time, doesn't really matter. We'd love to hear that. Reach out to us. Uh, you can track us down certainly on on Twitter and LinkedIn is probably the easiest way. But we would love to continue to have smart folks on the show and talk about topics that resonate with each of you. So again, touchpoint.health is the website. And for the last time in 2021, it's Chris Boyer. I'm Reed Smith, and we'll see you in 2022. This has been a Touchpoint Media production. To learn more about this show and others like it, please visit us online at touchpoint.health.